Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of True, 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 True Podcast. Coming at you live, talking about, uh, I think, my favorite episode of the season, Church in Ruins. Your time is long, but not the long. Let me ask you a question. Do they change the theme song every week? I feel like it's a different song every week. You mean like the timing of it? That's interesting. You know, what do you mean, like the vocals? Because like the vocals do this, like this really strange thing where, you know, he goes first and then the girls follow him in the in the background. But yo, chick, before we dive before we dive into um, another episode of True 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 Bobcast, I want to talk about something that uh, you brought to my attention. The Pope is coming to town, ladies and gentlemen, here in Philadelphia. And it seems online here that 700,000 people are about to descend on the city, our train stations, you name it. Everything's being taken over. Chick, you work down there. What do you know about the Pope coming here? Oh, we got live updates here on the street man. On the street man, this guy. Uh, don't be alive from Popeville, United States, Pennsylvania. Uh, Pope is coming. Big Pope coming through? I don't know. Is the Pope still the one that we grew up with? Or is it the vampire? Or is it the... Jewish looking mayor of New York. Uh, I can't keep up with the Pope. It's Pope Francis. But, uh, I do know that uh, <laughs> Francis Bean, Pope Francis Bean, Kobe. <laughs> Look, uh, <laughs> I, I know the Pope's coming. I'm not familiar with this Pope. I think he's progressive. Uh, I don't think he's a Dracula. But um, yeah. I do want to say that they are locking down the city pretty heavily, that no vehicles will be allowed in the city limits from uh, Washington. Street, Washington Ave down to South Philly, all the way up to uh, Spr- or Girard or Spring Garden Street uh, in uh, Northern Center City. And uh, if you know the, if you know Philly, then that's pretty much the whole entire Center City downtown area where you cannot access with a vehicle. They will have road uh, blocks up, and then uh, right outside my house is where they kind of start and uh, a um, metal detector barricade where you can't even get in to the parkway area and it's going to be a crazy crazy time I, I live right down here and i have all access are I'll you be, man on the street man in the sky are you aware that um septa trains will not be making stops within center city septa buses won't be operating at all and um i also read the yeah. fact that 50 jumbotrons are going to be uh, all around the city broadcasting the papal mass yeah, you know, it's going to be a completely... Are you ready for that? Are you ready like, for the Jumbotron? Psychological. Uh, yeah, bring them on. I put Pocket Dial logos all over place. Oh, my God. Pope Dial? Pope Dial. Pope Dial. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be selling hot dogs. Let me, put it, let me put it this way. If you have plans to get into Center City, you're looking at about a two-hour, um, two-hour, two-three-hour lead time to get from Manium to Philadelphia. It's not good. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of government agencies operating within Philadelphia, Center City with the Pope. No. It's going to be, 
yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's going to be intense, dude. I'm looking at as, um, his schedule here online, and it seems as if he's going to speak at uh, Independence National Historical Park. Uh, I guess that's on Saturday. Maybe, maybe I'll get a, Chestnut Walnut in the second. Maybe I'll get a picture with... Maybe I'll get a picture with the Pope, too. Dude, you gotta get... You had Barack Obama, the Pope, and then you gotta get the Dalai Lama. It's complete. The trilogy. The true trilogy. Yeah. True! But anyway... That's coming up, uh, you know, in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, you you had mentioned it, you know, we'd see in the news, but I am filming, you know, feeling the overwhelming crowd that's gonna gather here upon us, dude. Like, all of our... The whole world's coming here to Philadelphia. Oh yeah, the the, feed, the, uh, the festival of the the world festival. I forget what's it called. I don't know, but you know what? That's the enough. Of, I don't know. That's enough with the Pope. Cause you know why? Cause I don't want to fucking shoot out in my kitchen, Raymond, and I don't want to see you die, by me or one of my other guys. I didn't set you up, and I ain't your suicide ticket. Back to the true Bobcast chick. How much did you love this episode? I liked it a lot. There are some very, very dark elements. Let's talk about the scene in the beginning. Obviously, Ray and Frank sitting across from each other with their guns drawn. Could you feel the tension in the air, Chick? It was thick. I could have cut it like Bezzeridis with a pocket knife. Ooh, Bezzeridis is fierce with that knife, man. Ah, oh, God, I love that. That scene was great at the end, dude. I mean, let's just talk about that. Let's just skip right ahead to the best part, dude. That scene was such a... It reminded me of Eyes Wide Shut mixed with, like, The Shining and, like, that creepy, creepy hippie dude, man, with the van. He creeped, though. What do you mean? He's <laughs> creep. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, Bill Coro there, I mean... I mean, shit, that, that's, good on, that's good in here. That's good on the outside, too. It is true. So, I mean, uh, Ray, you know, on the rampage, too, we could talk about the scene where he goes to uh, the jail and he sits across from the guy that really... Raped his uh, ex-wife. What's going through your brain there, Chick? First of all, I'm thinking that he doesn't really look like that little redhead stepchild. But I go back on that thought later when I see the redhead stepchild who's just oblivious to the fact that Belcourt even cares about him. Which leads to my favorite scene. The spiral into descent of madness. I'm a little all over the place. I've been running on fumes lately. I'm out of sleep. Yeah, talk about that. <laughs> well, you know, I got things cooking. Well, what do you no, got I'm cooking? cooking? I'm hanging out with the Pope, the President. Remember when he starts uh, pounding the bottle, uh, doing the drugs, and just trying to make sense of his life that's just been wasted on this kid? <laughs> oh, man, that scene. Yeah, it was intense. Some people online were complaining that the montage went on too long, but I, I liked it, dude. I liked when he uh, he stands oh, up. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, yeah. He's got the cigarette in his mouth, and he's like, you know, ghost boxing and shit. Like, uh, <laughs> I know, I love cool. that madness. I mean, we've all been there, right? <laughs> we've all been here down in the dumps. Yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes you get a little sad. But yeah, I mean, I don't really oh, think... Oh, man, that, I could actually... Uh, I can remember, uh, you know, a very dark evening one uh, one time, a couple of years ago, where I was in a similar position with a bottle of Red Stag, Jack Daniels, and uh, I got some pictures looking pretty dark. You took pictures of yourself during this dark moment? <laughs> yeah, it got really dark. I had to, dark, you know, I had to document it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a straight <laughs> document it. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I don't think that the guy looks anything like his kid, man. The scene too, where the the kid he's like, whatever they say, I'm your father, and he's like, K, and he puts the slice of pizza in his mouth. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that kid. Yeah, but Frank. Kid, um, no I mean, future. Frank was pretty good in the episode too. I I feel as if like there was two scenes that were very similar. Like the scene in the beginning is kind of the scene later where he's consoling. Uh, I guess the guy that worked for him. They went to the house. He's talking to that guy's son, and he's telling him about like how hard life will be and stuff. You know, things are going to be hard for a while. But Vince Vaughn, though, he's killing it, huh? You can take that team, and you can do great things. You know, the only, thing, you. The, only, the only thing that I was thinking, though, like, I think I need a book or a manual for the two uh, subplot stories of the missing girl and the girl that Frank was looking for. Two different girls. Like, I just feel as if, like, that part of True Detective could be cut out. You know what I mean? Like, there is a little bit too much subplot, I, f- I feel as if sometimes, like... Pizzolatto, dude. Have you ever watched the behind-the-scenes this year of Pizzolatto where he's wearing the sunglasses? Where he's looking nah, is he uh, <laughs> dark? Yeah, he's real dark. He's real dark. He's on set yeah. during like, the big he's dumb shit. He's probably not a cool guy to hang out with, I feel like. He's probably just like such a downer. Like, you'll be sitting there watching a sunset and he's probably like, you know, that sun causes cancer every day. Yeah, I chill with Pizzolatto. Yeah, maybe he's just real dark individual. He was the bartender in uh, season one. Do you remember that? Yeah, he was a bartender in Austin, Texas after he graduated from college or something. I don't know. He's had a But, um, Frank, you know, he just... The whole story, I guess, revolves around who wanted to take the money from Frank, right? Because Casper was in possession was of the money. It was chance, Casper was well, in possession of the money. Where did they come from? Who? The diamonds. This, yeah. Let's just call it what it is. This season is all over the place. Yeah, yeah. The diamonds. Like the, that's what I'm saying. That's why I, I feel as if I feel very like confused. You know what I mean? Like I don't know where these three yeah. subplots are. Okay, the diamonds, the girl that got her uh, throat cut, and then uh, the Bezridi's missing person. You know who who just magically appears up in there. You know, but as far as like straight, I don't think they're really, really plot holes because it's a TV show, but. Let's talk about the luck the team has at the ending there towards the finale, man. Like, okay, first off, they're able to get in, like, Woodrow can get inside the place, get the documents with a knife, not being heard, get outside, take out another security guard. Then, how does Woodrow know to go to that door when Bezredis is, when Bezredis is going through all that shit? I don't know. He was at the right place at the right time. Paper Street, 9.30, be there, six seconds. I don't know. I had visions of Crash calling it in from inside the uh, single take uh, crack trap house. <laughs> yeah, but um. Down at sixteen, Beverly Ave. Yo, I, let me ask you a question now. Yeah, go ahead. I was just a regular guy with a big dick. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking I about the? I miss Marty. I miss Russ, man. This, yeah, I miss oh, too. I wish they made a cameo later. I know. I'm like, the killers. Oh. Uh, they could just like reference him on the phone like uh, another detective was working this years ago we don't know where we are really in the lineage of (laughs) if it's like connected but that'd be pretty cool like Detective Marty Hart Rust yeah who's a box man (laughs) 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 
Yeah, we got to, uh, we got to, uh, I know we chatted about it in private, but, um, we got to do the true podcast in the voices of Marty and Rush. Yeah, you know, it's hard for, like, I can't remember, I remember Marty's voice, but Russ's voice is hard, like, it's hard to, well, I, it's he changed. Weird. He had a lot of different, yeah, Marty did have the best. Marty, Marty's little. just got that, you know, you just kind of, like, ball your tongue up in the back. But, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I do miss them, dude. I miss them. And, like, some of the complaints online, too, for True Detective Season 2, there's too many characters. Season 2, too many characters, everyone's saying that it could be cut down. If you can cut one person out of the show, who would it be, Chick? Anthony Woodruff. I mean... Yeah, I mean, like, where did his story... He was in denial, and we spent so much time with him not learning to accept himself. Then, magically, last week on the True Bobcast, he just said, I'm going to turn my whole life around, we're going to get married, I'm going to raise this kid. Loses his stake, calls his mother a coos. And, you know, basically... um, (laughs) His story's going nowhere. He seemed very comfortable being, um, you know, I guess, on the case with Belcoro when Bezridis was inside the mansion of debauchery. But, um. I can't really believe that. I'll get the fuck out of this car right now. Yeah, I mean. I guess the, uh, for me, I would probably. Let's see. Oh, here's another thing. You know what? Instead of, like, talking about cutting characters, how, how does, does Frank. Frank is aware that Blake does this stuff? That Blake has these parties? No, he just he just got suspicious. He had Belcoro. Dude, how can Frank follow Frank have no clue about this. Frank knows about everything else. How could he not know that Blake, that redheaded well, he, pit boss, is doing uh, these sex parties and making all this money and not giving Frank a cut of it? Like I just don't buy that. I feel I, I feel like that's a plot hole indefinitely. Frank has to know. And why isn't Frank? I, I don't know. A lot of people are saying that Frank's the one behind everything. Look, I think that um, who's, I got who's a little who's ahead of myself. The yeah. internet, they're saying Frank took behind it all, and he, he blacks out with the paper mache eyes and the uh, ruminations on his dad beating him and the, locking him in the closet and making him beat rat to death. But um, see, look, I, I thought here's what here's what I thought during that opening sequence. Wait a minute, I did like that. One line uh, crossed out the bucket list. Oh yeah, the Mexican standoff with actual Mexicans. Look, um, in the beginning, I, I thought the whole dynamic of uh, Frank's involvement in Velcro's eventual corruption was more, you know, pre-planned. But the way he explained it kind of makes sense, which is kind of stupid. Like he should have freaking pre-planned it like a true mob gene. It's not just that it fall to his lap. But who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. Uh, Maybe he still did, but he still didn't get to the bottom of that. Yeah, I, I just, I find that Frank should, Frank has to be aware of what Blake's doing. And, you know, I, I didn't see Blake being like that, but, you know, it was crazy during the sequence when Bezredi's, first off, let's talk about Bezredi's, you know, getting on that bus, turning over her purse, and then the scene where there's a champagne glass full of Viagra, and they spray the pure Molly. <laughs> oh, man, dude. It, it reminded me of Fear Loathing. It was, it was a great sequence. Does that exist, that Molly spray? <laughs> I don't know. Ah, uh, here's what I thought. I, I kind of find it hard to believe that such a, uh, a woman of her sexual appetite didn't succumb to the Molly and take part in some of the debaucherous events going on in that house. Like, how was she able to fight back this sexual, uh, 
rage inside of her. I, I, I kind of thought she might have just went to the dark side. I think that um, the sequence where she's staring at the pig man and then she gets the knife from the pig man and the way that she uses the knife when she stabs that Russian guy, uh, that was just great. Fuck you do. I think I, <laughs> I, think I killed someone. Ah, uh, it's great. It's great, great sequence. But then again, you know, Woodrow, the man that you want to cut out of True Detective Season 2, is at the bottom of, like, what, a nightclub staircase? But I did love when uh, they all got together in the car and that finishing sequence when uh, Velcro bust out that left turn with the moonlight. I feel as if yeah, um, moon, moon. I, don't, I don't know where the show can go from here because that was like the biggest sequence of all of them. The guy that directed uh, this episode also did a movie called Repo Men. You ever see that? Uh, it's an older movie, like right? 2010. Yeah, I think the, the director's name is Miguel something, but that is a a new thing here too. You know, we always talked about Fuknaya and his uh, directing from season one, but um, this guy did a good job. I think. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the um, it, the orgy scene reminded me more of the long shot scene than the shootout scene reminded me of the long shot scene. Yeah, the long shot scene was great. You mean the yeah. the single tracking sequence of season one, episode four, right? Yeah. Chat about. But you know, eh, it's a great show. It's just I don't know. I don't have that. I I love rewatching the episodes when I have time. But I, I don't have that desire to do it. Yeah, not like... Are you rewatching? Yeah, I rewatch. Yeah, I rewatch to see the you know the scenes that I like. But like I said, like the diamonds and all that stuff. Like, what, what's going? How's that all going to come together? It better come together because it's just well, too much. The, the diamonds. The diamonds. The diamonds uh, were. I don't know. The, apparently now, Chasani's uh, kids were abandoned in some jewelry store and they were taken in uh, the kid's probably the trigger man you know he's got no fingerprints he's got no history just how he just raised him to be like uh, you know he's got all the accents and all the yeah whatever and, and Blake's probably the one you know setting it up or whatever I, I don't know but you know that the bull's coming back just how he's quote kid who looks like freaking I don't know he looks like uh, someone from like the, the Zohan movie or something without Adam Sandler. I'm thinking here on the true, true Bobcast that um, I, I don't think this sex party has anything to do with the murder. I think that the whole time they've just been following the wrong set of clues. I mean, it, we know that the, the the city council, you know, the mayor, everything's corrupt, but we're not looking at like what the the masks are. We're not looking at what the crow man is. We haven't really, like, even I've mentioned before in the True Bombcast that Velcro kind of didn't seem too bothered with the fact that, you know, a crow man appeared and saved his life with some, you know, straight riot shells. So I think that we haven't... Yeah, why is anybody even invested? I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, that we, he's given us all that. So the big payout would be, for me, as a screenplay writer, would be to surprise everybody and make it something that, you know, you you had seen the whole time, essentially, like the Lawnmower Man of season one. Here on the... Two, two. So how many episodes left? Two? Two episodes, yeah. Uh, two you trips. know, Marty, uh, you know, Ross, uh, I was watching a show and it just, uh, didn't really do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Where are you going now? Doing it again, 
anime. To see about killing a man. <laughs> yeah, no, the cool, beats um, are all weird too. I, 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 I like. I like it, but. I know, I know. I feel the same way you do, and I, you know, I imagine the listeners of the True Bobcast feel the same. It's not as good as season one, but what you gonna do? It's all we got to talk about here on the True True Bobcast. True. So um, this I weekend, I do want to take a little moment here to just. Uh, go ahead. I just want to acknowledge the True Bobcast fans out there, and thank you for tuning in. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a mediocre show, but a hell of a ride here on the Bobcast. We had a lot of ins and outs, and a lot of reality elements to this season and uh you know i kind of thought that the show would be uh square and slam home run and you would be picked up and syndicated all over the universe but uh the show's bombing and no one's really giving a shit but thanks for tuning in y'all yeah check us out this weekend saturday august 1st on kenny montgomeryville mall we're playing the grand opening of the comic book store up there pocket dial set at 2 p.m the event starts at 1. All ages come out. There's free comic books. Apparently, there's going to be an elite Star Wars cosplay group coming up there, bringing the Force to you live. Check out www.pocketdialstyle.com. <laughs> Mick, thanks for being another guest here on the True, 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 True,